Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, welcome to the Get Real Podcast. This is Angela Thomas. I'm here with Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. Hey, hey. Hey, so, uh, sorry, go ahead. Another beautiful day in South Carolina. Yeah, and we're just as beautiful out here in Utah, so that's rare. (laughs) That's rare. Things are are becoming one. I like it. Yeah, if we just stick that way next winter, that'd be great. Uh, So, today we have a a topic that we get pretty excited about. Um, Our our topic today is about investing out of state. Um, We know most people out there, obviously, it's more comfortable to invest in your own backyard. Um, But we want to kind of explore that a little bit today and talk about uh, what the advantages are and disadvantages to looking beyond where you live. (laughs) Yeah, and especially for the people who live in marketplaces where it's very difficult to to not break the first rule, which is you got to have positive cash flow. Right. I mean, I, I right. guess you can make anything cash flow if you put enough money down or just pay cash for it. But uh, that kind of defeats the purpose of, of getting a really high return. So, uh, Ron, actually, just on that note, I had somebody call in yesterday asking for information. And I usually don't get these kind of calls, but I answered it for some reason. Uh, somebody was calling in asking for info on investing in real estate. Um, and I kind of told him what we did a little bit. And she was like, well, I don't need help finding investment properties. Um, I know how to find them out here in California. And then that was the end of the conversation. She didn't give me a chance to explain. And I was like, all right, well, you know, if you're confident with that, that's, I hope that's working for you. So, you didn't, you I mean, we got to laugh. But you didn't laugh at her? I, I did laugh, but she kind of ended it abruptly. Like, oh, if that's what you guys do, I'm out. Like, obviously I didn't explain it too great, but. Hey, no offense to you West Coast folks. Um, yeah. I, I find that many people who live in California they actually don't realize that millions of people live outside of the state of California. And so, and there are houses, other places. Yeah. Just public service announcement to the West coast folks. (laughs) There are other places to live and people, millions of them actually do live in other places. And Um, since I'm from California, I can say that. Right. And and since I basically live there for seven years on, on the road, I can say that too. Lovingly to all of you California folks. Yeah, not that you can't make money out there with real estate if you buy at the correct time, but, you know. Cash flow is really difficult out there. That's the reality of the situation. And, yeah. and especially right now, um, that's, it's kind of funny that she was calling yesterday and the market has, has gone up insane out there. It's actually starting to flatten out a little bit. And um, rents haven't kept pace with that, not even close. And so, no. you know, you've you got to put tons and tons and tons of money down to not break the first rule. And then your returns are going to be really pretty pathetic unless you get some of that awesome appreciation, which, you know, been appreciating now for a little over a decade. So, I mean, your guess is as good as mine about how long that's going to continue. But I would assume that not, not too much longer before we have some kind of a correction. Yeah. And that's not just the case for California. There's so many markets that are, that are like that right now. Uh, um, so, I mean, you really, you know, got to do your research um, before you, you know, consider an investment just because it's a property. So, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, that was just a quick example. 
Yeah. So investing out of state, I, I, I really believe that people should live where they want to and invest where it makes sense. Um, and I've I love that. for, you know, forever. That's just, that, that's what, you, and, and I guess to, to codify what I believe, I've lived in a lot of places and Angela, you know, I lived in Utah for 10 years and the only place I owned in Utah was the house I lived in. And, um, and you got to do that. that yeah. the same reason this is California we were just talking about yesterday. I mean, the economy there, like if you look at all the other rules that we talked about in previous episodes about what you're supposed to look for with respect to real estate, man, you can check the boxes off. I mean, the, the economy in Utah is crazy strong. Tons it of is. job growth. I mean, super low unemployment. Yeah. I mean, the economic factors are off the charts. Yep. Problem is that silly pesky number one rule, uh, the unbreakable rule, it's just really hard to meet that out there. Really hard. And even if you can meet it, the returns aren't very good. And right. so you are banking on appreciation, which not very many episodes ago, we talked about the four returns in real estate and appreciation was the one that we do not count on. Um, and so it's a market gift when you get it, but you, you can't buy based on that. Okay. And I know people out there are going to be like, well, that's not true. I've made money in Utah. So I just want to say, I mean, I've talked about it before, but you know, my, my mom invested in Utah and she did all right. It's what she did. She had uh, five or six houses. I can't remember, but in order to cash flow, she had to put down, um, you know, like she was half, 50%. I think she was she put 50%, like 50% down. And then yeah. she had my dad manage them and re- make all the repairs and everything. So, so yeah, if you are willing to do that, you can make it cash flow, but you're not going to get anywhere near the returns that you would get somewhere that already cash flows on its own after all expenses. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, so after we helped her move her or sell those properties and buy new ones out in Kansas city, um, Missouri, um, she tripled her cash flow just with that move and no longer has to manage them herself. Um, I think she would agree that her marriage has improved quite a bit. <laughs> so I would think uh, so. Yeah. As I think one of the, I mean, God bless all the property managers out there that really enjoy it, but it's, it's gotta be one of the worst jobs on the planet. Yeah. It is one of the most thankless, maybe TSA, if you work for the TSA or any airline behind the counter after a storm, um, maybe those are worse, but not by much, maybe on the same plane. It's the most thankless job on the planet. Tons and tons of work, almost no margin um, to make any money. Um, So there's also no margin for error there either. The tenants are always pissed at you. The owners are always pissed at you. It's just really, it's, it's pretty hard to win that game. And so if you've wrote, you, you raise your hand and you volunteer for that particular job, Right. Just because you want to go and be able to hug your properties, there is a 12-step program for you and we can refer you out. <laughs> and we made you start one. There's a lot of people that think that, but there's a, uh, there, I, mean, I mean, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Right. And, and it's just, you know, if you want to build real wealth for yourself, it's about getting outside of your your comfort zone. Obviously, it's more comfy and more secure to know that you can just drive to your properties anytime you want. Do a little drive-by, look at them. You know, I think in one way, Angela, but in another way that is so not true. And let me tell you why I I think that, right? (laughs) right. Because it, it, it feels comfy at first, but then when the calls start coming in, you gotta, you gotta step back and you gotta think to yourself, is this really comfy? 
Because it isn't, it isn't comfy to me to have to take phone calls. It isn't comfy to me to have to listen to somebody's excuses why they didn't pay your rent this month. And no. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, yes, I think that, um, I think initially the thought process that it, that it will be way more comfortable and that you'll have, you know, you'll have control over it and that will make it better. Um, and I think even in a lot of cases, um, it could make it better, you know, because I hear, I hear this all the time, Angela, nobody can manage the properties better than I can manage the properties. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that may actually be true. You, you also hear that from business owners. Like I do everything in my business better than anyone else and I can't delegate right. any of it. All right. <laughs> well, and since, since we went there, it's okay. kind of funny. Sorry, I went there. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, you're right. And uh, one of the things when I go to, to uh, mastermind groups and business meetings and things, when I'm talking to business owners, the one thing that they really wish they had more of is guess what? Time. 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 And yet, in the very next sentence, they'll say something just like what you said. They'll say, yeah, but man, I try hiring people. They just can't do it the same as I do. And to that, I almost always say, who cares? <laughs> I mean, if you can find somebody who can do it 80% as good as you and you can buy yourself a whole bunch of time, right. why don't you just figure that into your numbers? Right. Yeah. Why, why not no. just figure that into your numbers and have all of that time back to yourself? And then it's funny what happens if you just get out of your own way, the business grows or in this case, what we're talking about today with respect to real estate, right. your real estate holdings can grow because you're not the constraint anymore. Yeah. Even if you're managing them really, really well. And, um, you know, it's even if you have the right personality for that, if you're trying to build wealth and you're trying to, you know, get to the point where you replace your income or you can retire, um, you know, managing them all yourself, you're creating a job. That's, that's not, that's not how I want to do it. Anyway, yeah, you're creating a job from which you're going to have to retire. And then I would, my next question would be, how do you do that? Exactly. How is it that you retire? If the only thing that you do ultimately when you quit your current job is manage your real estate, how do you retire? Right. How do you? Well, the only way to do that is to hire somebody to do that job, which is called a property manager. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Now, this is going to be, this is going to sound really crazy. I know to all those people out there who, you know, still haven't admitted that they have a problem. If you're managing your own properties and the ultimate idea here is that you can exit the rat race and that you can, you know, live semi-retired, retired, whatever your, your definition of living a wealthy life is. How the hell do you do that if you're strapped to all of the properties that you purchased in your backyard and you're not willing to allow anyone else to ever manage them? You don't. You just, I mean, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, those of you so out there who are doing that, just stop for a second and ask <laughs> yourselves those questions and then try to come up with, with a real answer for yourself because yeah. the real answer is going to slap you in the face. And if you've been, if you've done what we just talked about, which is, if you've bought properties and you've leveraged them 50% and in order to make them cash flow, you have to manage them yourself, I would suggest to you that you are probably in the wrong market for a high cash flowing property. And then think about also why, why you chose that area. Why did you invest there? I mean, is it just because it's comfortable? Because, uh, you know, comfort can be a success killer um, in, in, in many different areas. So, that's a good thing to, you know, look at as well. 
are you doing it just because, you know, it's, it's harder to, to, um, you know, to actually get outside of that comfort zone and look at what a real investment looks like, what, and how to free up your time. Like Ron said, so yeah, you just gotta, you gotta get out I mean, of your own way. I mean, like Ron said, it's all about the cash flow. All right. It's about the numbers. If you're really trying to invest to build wealth and to free up your time, spend more time doing what you love. It's about the cash flow. So, um, so on that note, like some, obviously some markets we talked about that do not work for, um, for investment real estate, unless you, you know, take drastic measures and do it yourself. So Ron, let's talk about like, how do you, how do I go find a good market? Say I live out in, you know, I don't know where else has appreciated Arizona. <laughs> I live in Arizona. I have a bunch of investments in Arizona. Um, but you know, I want to improve my returns. How do I go about finding a good market? Hmm. Well, so we talked about, I think we talked about some of that in a, in a previous episode, but it's, it's really simple. You look, if you look at a, at, at a, at a city and I'm, I'll just, I'll give you a, a really easy thing to do first. The first is both coasts in a market conditions like we have right now are going to be expensive. Right. So from there, you, it's pretty easy to determine that you need to look in the middle of the country, Midwest, um, South, those places in almost any market condition, you can find really solid cash flow properties in those marketplaces. Now, you're not going to have the opportunity most likely for crazy appreciation, but um, when you're leveraged in, like we talked about on the, on the episode with the four returns, when you're leveraged into a property and you're getting three to 5%, you're still getting, you know, somewhere between a 15 to 20% return on your money with respect to just appreciation anyway. So, you, right. still get a, you still get a phenomenal return from, from some small appreciation when you're leveraged into the property. Um, yeah. But that's where I would look. And then you, you look at each one of those cities and you can look at them and, and, and you just look up their economic data. Make sure that the economy is going the right way. Good old Make Google, sure. man. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. easy nowadays. I mean, anybody can do research. It's very simple. And then you can even go micro inside of the city and you can even find the places in the city that are growing, um, which ones are shrinking. Because even in a, even in a city um, that has a strong economics, there's parts of it that have stronger economics. Right. I mean, that, that just in every single marketplace, that's the case. And then you just look for the properties in those areas that, that cash flow that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, so I know it's really basic, but you know, okay. So I find a good market out there and, and then how do you determine which property actually works? Like, can you give us a little bit of your criteria um, that you look for and how you kind of calculate if it's a good investment or not? <laughs> Yeah, so I tell people to, um, and we did a whole episode on that too, on, on return on investment. We did. Um, and you can go back and you can study that. In addition, I think even on our, our page, um, I think we have a video about how to calculate um, return on investment too, which is very simple. It's short. It's really easy. Um, but basically, you just take all of your expenses, and you subtract them from your income, and then you, you, you do that on an annual basis, and you divide that by you know, what your, your invested capital is. So not the full purchase price, Down whatever, payment, you invested, right? yeah. whatever you invested, you know, yeah. and it's really easy. If you compare a local, you know, Salt Lake city or California property at 50% down to a 20% down in the Midwest, the Midwest is still going to kick its butt. 
And then you can buy, you can buy three more houses, right? For the same amount of money. It's, it's maybe even more than that, depending on whether you're in Salt Lake or California. Um, and that's how you, that's how you do it from the numbers perspective. Um, it's, and it's really not that hard. Now the hard part is combing through all of this and trying to figure out which properties are in good condition and what you really have to do with them, you know, because you'd have to have them inspected from out of state if you're not there. Um, but finding a good team on the ground is, is a pretty easy way to make that work. So if you find a marketplace that you like, then try to find a local team that's already doing all of that work for you and can provide you with a solid property management company in the area. Because the next right. thing obviously is trying to find a property manager in those areas. And that's really difficult as well. Yeah. And you don't want to be rehabbing your own property. So obviously you want to find a turnkey provider because you're not in that state. So, and that I, might be. Yes. I've actually had people try to do that from out of state. It's oh very difficult. Yeah. Good um, luck trying to manage a construction crew from a different state. That's. Uh, manage one, managing one in your own market is hard it's enough. It's super difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know uh, people, sorry to get off tra- topic here, but you know, rehabbers that we know, business owners, um, you know, have to have, even when they are in their market, they have like live cameras in every room to keep these guys on, on track. Right. So it's no joke. If you think managing a construction team's easy, it's like managing programmers. It's not exactly fun. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We could do a whole show on that. I know. Um, Sorry for my rant. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, you're not going to bait me into that one, Angela. I'm not going there. All right. Uh, but yeah, finding a management company. Um, do you have any tips on, on vetting and finding a management company that you can trust? Yeah, that's really tricky. Um, because if you, if you don't know, if you don't know how to smell um, the BS that they spew, they, because every company, well, not everyone, but most of the companies that you're going to interview when you ask them the questions, even if I gave you the questions to ask, um, they all know how to answer those questions the way that you want to hear them. Uh, and you, you, have to, you have to be able to kind of hear between the lines, I guess, uh, and then be able to ask the secondary and tertiary questions that, that they probably can't answer based on what you hear in between the lines. Right. Um, and then you really got to thoroughly check them out after that. Uh, you, you've got to talk to people who have used them. Google uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. Google them. I mean, you get a lot of property management company and you're going to find that every one of them sucks. Every (laughs) tenant is pissed. They all go on there when they can't pay their rent and light them up and tell everybody. But you could, you could start with the one that sucks the least. You You could absolutely. Because there are a few out there that have um, good reviews. um, But very few, man, it's easy to have a a really good company that gets hammered by their tenants. And as an owner, I would prefer that the tenants are pissed off that we won't let them skate on rent. Right. right? If they're then, too happy, what's going on there, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, and then it's, yeah. it's also dependent upon what they, what kind of properties that they manage. Because, you know, if you're, if you only manage a properties, you're going to get less complaints than if you're managing B and C properties. True. Uh, that's, it's just the, I'm unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Right. So right. you gotta, you gotta kind of, go through all of those things. In addition to that, since I, since I stated that you, you have to also know what area you're in and then you got to figure out which management companies will even manage there. 
Because if yeah. you're in a C-class area and you go and approach a, a, a management company that only manages A-class properties, they're not going to want to help they're you They're not going to take it. Yeah. yeah. And if you're yeah. buying a D-class property, there's even fewer management companies that will even do it. Yeah, uh, I think, which, which, of I, I course, think, we don't recommend. No, no, definitely not. I think another important thing... Um, well, two more, actually. Make sure that, um, that you study the uh, contract when you sign it. Because mm -hmm. um, I know we are very careful to make sure that we have an out. If, if the relationship goes terribly wrong, you want to be able to get out without losing your shirt. Or at yeah, least, without paying a full year. Uh, right. <laughs> no, some of them have crazy, crazy um, yeah. like penalties if you switch companies. So you some, of them, some of them will even go as far as to lock you up on, on listing the property that it's already pre-listed with them. If you sell it to anybody else, you have to pay them a fee. And they automatically is, get your fee. Yeah. Which is insane. Yes. Yeah, so you got to read some, that with a fine tooth comb. There's some pretty crazy stuff written in property management contracts, little clauses in there that, that catch people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you really do need to read through that and you need to make sure you vet and ask the questions. And just because it's written in there doesn't mean you have to accept it that way. No, no, so you actually, them, you can, I'm, I'm cool with everything except for this piece right here. You need to just strike yeah. that out. Yeah. Make it work for you. I mean, they're not going to accept you if you, you know, line out the whole thing, but if you're reasonable, they do work with you. So, um, and the last one on that note, I want to say, um, I mean, I've, I've, you know, worked with so many different investors and seen how they've treated property managers and uh, I know we stressed it a little bit earlier, but <laughs> little kindness and relationship building with your property manager can make the difference between having a good property manager and having a sucky property manager. And it's because they like you. It's not because the company's better or worse. It's because you're building relationships with the people in there and they want to help you, right? I think <laughs> that's pretty much fundamental. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, people forget it when, they're, when it's a property manager which is a sad state really. Um, but it's, it's really true. And we, we have said it before on the show, but I'll, I mean, it's good to say it again, remind people, you can be as frustrated as you want with something that's happening with your property, but yelling or being rude to your property manager is not going to help you get it fixed. Whatever not it is, well, whoever's fault it is, <laughs> being a jerk to your property manager is only going to exacerbate the problem. It's not going to help you at all to do that. And, and I know for a fact that uh, actually trying to build a good relationship with the people you're working with at that property management place, the assistants, the people who answer the phone, the people who are filling up the properties, um, they do put you as a higher priority if they like you and have a relationship with you. I mean, yeah, they still do their job with everyone, but you can't help it. If you like somebody, you want every to help them out. Does it. Every company does that. Everyone. Yeah. We do so, that. We, we do okay. that. Yeah, I maybe. Mean, if, maybe if, we do that too. Absolutely. We do that. And we do the, we do the opposite of that too. Call my office and be a jerk to any one of, of the people on my team. Yeah. And we will, we will not do business anymore. You can't buy our properties if you do that. I don't need your business that bad. No. Um, you, know, you, just don't get to, you just don't get to treat anybody on my team like that. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone listening to this would never do that and you're all super nice. But I just had to throw it out there in case it helps. I mean, occasionally we have somebody who does that and, and man, you just can't do that. You just can't do that in business. You can't do that in life. And 
And, and yeah, owning investment properties and, and having property management, it's, it's like you're running your own little business, you know, those are your yeah. employees and you got to treat them awesome. Yeah. So. You can't take, you can't take your team and rip them a new one and expect <laughs> them to perform better. That's not the way it works. Yeah, um, so. People make mistakes in every single business that there is known to man, but treating someone like they're less of a, of a human than you are just because they made a mistake does not work. Uh, so just don't do it. Yeah. Property management so. <laughs> companies though, they can save you so much money and so much heartache. I can't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in this business if I had to manage my own properties. Hell no. That way. Hell no. <laughs> no way. So, I mean, we've talked about before, we don't have the right personality for that. So anyway, rant over. Let's get back to, um, I think we went on enough about that. Uh, real quick, I just want to recap. Um, again, like why you don't just invest in your backyard. Um, and we like to kind of, we, I mean, everyone uses Warren Buffett as an example. He's a super, <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's obviously wealthy. He knows what he's doing. Um, and you know, if he only invested in his backyard out in Nebraska, uh, this, the big he, thriving metropolis of Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, uh, would he be where he is today? No, I mean, and, and <laughs> dumb question. Obviously not. I think but. it's funny too because the people who call in, a lot of these people that call in and they say, "Well, I just I want to invest in my backyard." A, it's because they heard that from somebody else that told them that that's what they should do. Right. B, they own stock, <laughs> and the, and it's the most ironic thing possible, right? Because I guarantee you, the stock isn't in their backyard. They didn't choose it because it's down the street and they can go talk to the CEO anytime they want. I mean, they don't no. go by and hug all the employees and give them a high five when the stock goes up. <laughs> Definitely uh, not. It doesn't make any sense. And they go by the company, any, they're like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> this isn't any different. I mean, it's, it's an investment. Yeah. And I, I think I just find it really, really funny that people feel like they need to, they, it needs to be close enough that they can go visit like it's a grandkid. It, yep. It's not your grandkid. You don't have to go hug it buy it cool things. You don't have to do that. It sits there and it cranks out money. doesn't matter what part of the country it's in. Yep. Yeah. And with stocks, uh, when something goes wrong in the company, you don't have any kind of a chance to fix it or do anything about it. You don't even hear about it. You just lose money, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd, so it'd be really cool if we had a management company where you could actually call and say, hey, Mr. CEO guy, what maybe you do it this way next time. <laughs> And then we all won't lose so much money. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think I would like, like stocks more if that was the case. But. Right? Maybe we could yeah. do, man, man, that's a great business idea. Like a suggestion box for CEOs of <laughs> yeah. failing stocks uh, <laughs> where we can call in and, and give them pointers. I'm sure they would love that. Uh, yeah. But you can do that with your property manager. You yep. can call him. You can call him up and say, hey, the property hasn't leased for three weeks. What could we do? to make this thing go a little better. You could even give them a couple of suggestions and ask them if they think it'll work yep. and then allow them to come have to use their creativity to come up with something that would work because you know, you want that thing leased. You don't want it vacant, exactly. but you can do that. You can actually control that stuff. So real quick, one last uh, example. Uh, we recently uh, set up our company to be remote and the reason we did that is because uh, we want access to talent all around the country. Um, and Ron, of course, you know, moved out to South Carolina so he could brag about how nice it is. But 
which but I yeah, do, which I do, do a every lot, day. It's not annoying at all, but no. yeah. So our, our company being, I mean, our company being all in one, it would be uh, more comfortable, I guess, to all be in the same office and see what everyone's doing every second of every day. Right. Um, yes. but, but that's micromanaging. That doesn't allow people to be in their genius zone um, and to work at their own pace and to show you what they can really do when you're micromanaging like that. And it, uh, and just like you said, Angela, sometimes the best talent isn't the talent that walks through your door with a resume. Yeah. So true. There are hidden gems and when, you know, where are the gems hidden there? They may not be in your backyard, right? Yep. I mean, we, in our case, they're not. And some in of our them, case, they're not. Yeah. So some of well, our best I mean, people some of, them, never. some of them were, but that doesn't mean that they all are. Right. Um, and being remote, we're able to, we're able to grow because we, it's, this, it's almost exact, exact same thing. It increases our cash flow doing it that way because we're not tied down to one office that we have to pay for. And, you know, with, with the way communication is like what we're doing right now, we're reaching, you know, however many people are going to listen to this and we're doing it one time. And it's kind of the same internally. You can do that. And you can do that with your property management companies. There's so many ways that you can be effective in communicating, doing it in a very short amount of time and getting a ton of, of things done. Um, it's exactly. efficiency is really, really key. And that allows you to go seek out the best opportunities instead of be relegated to whatever's in just in your backyard. Yep. And in, in Utah, for instance, right now, man, all the talent is employed. I mean, the, the, the unemployment rate in Utah is almost non-existent. Basically everyone except for the people who don't want a job are employed. And, um, Hey, you yeah, go it's slim pickings, man. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of the same thing with the real estate market, unfortunately there. Um, so. Yep. So true. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, yeah, I just wanted to recap real quick. That was awesome. Uh, so investing out of state is not a big deal to us. Um, you know, just looking in your own backyard is not the way to think like a millionaire, right? We talked about that. Um, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone, including geographically. Um, and then it's all about the cash flow. Like Ron said, that's the number one rule. Um, it rules all. So that's it. I, you guys I think we've said it before, but I'll just throw it out there again. Be kind to everybody. Be kind. Be kind. Hey, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to let this end, but I watched Ellen's little stand-up thing on Netflix and she said that she said, be kind on one of her shows. And now she's known as the be kind lady. And she oh, said, people like me. Yeah. People expect her to be kind, like driving around in her car. She can't have road rage. <laughs> she, said, she said, it's a bad thing to say. Okay, so now, not. now people are going to be watching us. Ah. Oh, she can have it then. Um, because <laughs> when I'm on the road and you're in front of me, by the way, just a public service announcement, which has nothing to do with real estate. Uh, if you are driving in the left lane and you oh, are going slower than people in the right lane, there's a 12 step program for you as well. And if you don't yeah. get out of my way, I may run you over. Okay. How's so that for be kind on be, be kind in business and your property, but not on the road. Gotcha. Not, yeah. Okay. No. All right. Well, sorry. We'll let everyone go. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out our website, uh, getrealestatesuccess.com. You can watch all our podcasts, subscribe, um, and leave us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's anything else you want to hear about yeah, or if you disagree. Secret. 
yeah, with anything we say. So thanks for listening. See you next time. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.